All right, Jabosai. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. A good night of Shabbos. It's just so special and so sweet and so beautiful, Baruch Hashem, to be able to do this together. Maybe we should. Uh, all right, we'll think about what we'll do in the future, Amir Hashem. But it is so special, Baruch Hashem, to be here with all of you together. All right, we have enough. Enough of that. We got a lot to do today, Baruch Hashem. Let us let us begin. Sorry. Okay. Let's begin. I don't think I. Need, I think I'm good without the microphone. Are you hear me? All right. What? <laughs> All right. I'll say today's daf is Lamed Gimel. Today's daf is Lamed Gimel. I should say Friday, Friday's daf. Sorry, Friday's daf is Lamed Gimel. So I will say. So we are Amir Hashem going to continue today. We are picking up today on Lamed Beis Amud Aleph, thirty-two A. So I will say. So we left off. We left off. Alazar ben Masya. Alazar ben Masya. So the Gemara says as follows: two, four, six, eight, ten, eleven, eleven lines up from the bottom. Alazar ben Masya Omer. Abo Mishkini Ma'im Umitzvah Lasos. So we'll say what happens. So remember, we're talking over here about what happens in situations of conflict. Namely, there's a conflict between the mitzvah of Kibar Aveim and a conflict ultimately again between some other mitzvah. So in this case over here, my father is telling me, go ahead and give me something to drink. And there's another mitzvah that I'm obligated to perform. So which one takes precedence? So the Gemara says, Maniach and he is covered up, but also has a mitzvah. So ultimately, Allah says, I'm going to leave aside the kibbutz and I'm going to do the mitzvah. Why? Because my father and I are both chayiv to go out and serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So in other words, say, what Allah is saying is like this, when there's a conflict between the obligation I have to my father versus ultimately, again, an obligation that I have towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I'm going to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Why? Because both my father and I are required or obligated to serve the Ribbon Shalom. Isi ben Yehudah or Isi ben Yehudah says, it says, if the mitzvah itself could be performed through others, in other words, the other mitzvah, so then, so if the mitzvah, whatever the other mitzvah is, if it could be done by someone else, then let someone else do the mitzvah, and you do, you perform the mitzvah of kibbut av aveim. Um, Rav Masna, Rav Masna said, that is indeed what the Shulchan codifies. So if a person has two mitzvahs in front of him, one will call it a mitzvah of bin Adon Lamakom, the other, or even a bin Adon Lamakavero, the other kibud avvaim. So if possible, if someone else, if the person could outsource the performance of the other mitzvah to someone else and thereby free themselves up to go ahead and perform the mitzvah of kibud avvaim, that is preferable. That is preferable. Incredible. A father who is mochel on his covet, right? A father who forgives his covet, his covet is forgiven. His covet is forgiven. But if a rav is mochel on his covet, ultimately, again, his covet, his covet is not forgiven. Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef says, Not true. Even though... Right, even even ultimately, again, if this is Dafyomi after five p.m. edition, right? this is, uh, <laughs> it's five o'clock somewhere, right? Those are some of the. <laughs> You know what's great about this? That nobody flinches. That's what I love about it. Yeah, 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 I know. It did take years. So I'll say, so again, so the Gemara says like this. So if a father is mochal on his covet, so the covet is mochal, right? A Rebbe is a Rebbe or a Rav is mochal on his covet. The covet is not mochal. Covet is not mochal. Even if a Rav is mochal on his covet, 
Ultimately, again, the covet is machal. It's forgiven. Shinemar, Vashem Holech Lifnehem Yomam. I will say it's fascinating. Why? Because in the desert, the Ribono Shalolam himself cared for the needs of Akadish, of Klal Yisrael. So that was the Ribono Shalolam, so to speak, being mochel on his covet. He was forgiving his covet because he was taking care of, you know, activities of daily living for others. So the Gemara says, "Amarav v'hachi ashta asam akadosh baruch hu alma dilehu v'tari dilehu machal elikare." The Ribon Shalom, everything belongs to Hashem. So because everything belongs to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, right? The Torah is His, therefore the Kavod is His, and therefore by extension, He has the ability to go ahead and forgive that Kavod, forgive that honor. On the other hand, Rabbi say, "Amad beis, amad beis, amad beis, good." Hacha Torah dilehu. I will say, but how could a Rav be mochal on his Kavod? After again, remember the Kavod of a Rav. Or the covenant of a Rebbe, it's not his own covenant. Who, what, what is the covenant? It's the covenant of Torah. But the Torah is not his. So how can you, for us in general, you can only be mochal on something that is yours. If something is not yours, you can't be mochal. So if the if the covenant of a Tamtacham, the covenant of a Rav, the covenant of a Rebbe, it's not his, it's Torah. So how does he have the right to be mochal on it? Amarava, in Torah, the Rebbe is beautiful, beautiful line. No, Torah is his. Where do we say from Dixiv? This is beautiful. What does the Pasik say? In his Torah shall he toil day and night. So I will say, what do you see from this? When a person learns Torah, this is so beautiful. When a person learns Torah, the Torah <laughs> it just makes it look more awkward. <laughs> the person ultimately, again, when a person learns Torah, say, the Torah becomes his. It's incredible. When you learn, before you learn, the Torah belongs to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Once you go ahead and you learn, that Torah ultimately becomes yours. Once it becomes yours, then Halacha Lamaisa, you have the right, you have the ability ultimately to forgive it. Ini, is that so? Is that so, Rabbi So the Gemara says, Rava, Mashki Behi Lula Dibre. Rabbi listen to this. Rava was at the Chasana of his son. It's actually a beautiful Gemara. And what was Rava doing at the Chasana of his son? He was pouring drinks. Ah, right? Right? He, was pour, right? he was pouring drinks. So obviously, again, for Rava, for Rava to tend bar, so to speak, for Rava to pour drinks would definitely be beneath his covet. So the Gemara Vidale, the Kasla Papa, Ul Rafuna, Braid Ravioshua, the Kamumikame. And ultimately again he poured a glass, he poured a cup of wine for Rapapa, Rafuna Yoshua, and they stood up before they stood up before Rava. Mikamele Rav Mari, Ul Rapinchas Bereid Ravchista, then he poured a cup for Rav Mari and Rapinchas Bade Rava, Velo Kamumikame, they did not stand up for Rava. And what happened about say Ikbid, Rava was offended. Say, it's always, so Rava was offended because he felt that these other Rabbanim were not displaying to him properly. Rava said, Lamed Bezim Abbez 32b, we are now seven lines down from the top. So Rava said, so Rava was offended because he wasn't given covenant. Rava said, so what do you see from here? What do you see from here? You see from here that even if a Rav is mochel on his covenant, see here, Rava is pouring, pouring wine, which indicates that what? Why? What's Rava's mochel, right? He's mochel, otherwise he wouldn't be pouring wine for everyone. But even if a Rav is mochal on his covet, his covet is not forgiven. That's why when these other Rabbanim didn't stand up in front of him, he was offended. Now, I just want to point out, the fact that he was offended, it's not like an ego thing. The fact that he was offended is that Rav understood that he represented Kavarat Torah. And a lack of respect for Rav was, a, for Rav, excuse me, was a lack of respect for Torah. And a lack of respect for Torah is a lack of respect for the Ribbon Shalom. So in that respect, that's why Rava got upset. Another story. These first set of rabbis, they're real rabbis. 
the second set of rabbis, they're not rabbis. They're like, oh, I say that all the time, right? So we'll say similarly again. Rav Papa was once pouring, pouring wine for his guests at the, at the chasana of his son, of Abba, of Abba Mar. He poured a glass of wine for Rabbi Yitzchak. Rabbi didn't stand up. And ultimately, again, Rav Papa got offended. Once again, I'll both say, so what you begin to see is the fact that these Rabbanim are pouring wine indicates that they're mochel on their covet. But yet, when they get offended that other people don't respect them, that shows that the halacha is that even if a Rebbe is mochel on his covet, the covet is not mochel, the covet is not forgiven, you still have to respect. So the Gemara says, good. So ve'ikpid, afilu hachi, hidar mi'avet le'baz. The Gemara says, well, maybe, maybe even if a Rebbe, if, maybe if a Rebbe is mochel on his covet, maybe the covet is mochel. But I will say, maybe if the covet, even if the covet is mochel, Maybe still, nevertheless, others still have to go ahead and display some level of covet. I'll say what the Gemara calls hider. So let's say, give an example. Let's say the covet I should have for a rav, covet I should have for my rabbi, is when he walks in the room, I stand up. So let's say for argument's sake, let's say for argument's sake, a rabbi is mochal on his covet, right? And, and let's say we say that rav shemachak vodokol the mochal. Let's say when a rabbi is mochal on his covet, really the covet is forgiven. Even though it's forgiven, the Talmud or anyone else does an obligation to display some level of respect. So I'll say, how do you, so you ever see that sometimes, even when a person's not getting up, they move, right? So in other words, moving yourself, just the movement. So again, that's not a full standing up. That's not a full standing up, but it's what the Gemara calls hider, right? It's a, it's a smaller display of honor. So the Gemara goes weiter. Even according to the opinion that says that when a Rebbe is mochal on his covet, ultimately the covet is forgiven. Nasi If a nasi is mochal on his covet, right? So remember again, nasi is also the head of the Jewish people. So ultimately, again, his covet is not mochal. May say, is that true? Is that true? May say, Rabbi Eliezer, Yoshua, Rabbi Tzadok, Shem Suman Beis Hamishnah. There was once a story. Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Yoshua, Rabbi Tzadok were sitting at a wedding feast in. I was going to say in Bnei Brak, right? But no, but Beis Hamishnah, and then, you know, it doesn't say where. So we're at the Beis Hamishnah Beno Shabbat Gamliel. So they were at the chasan of Rabbi Gamliel's son. Rabbi Gamliel was pouring wine for everyone. So what happens? Rabbi Gamliel handed a glass of wine to Rabbi Eliezer, and Rabbi Eliezer would not accept it. He wouldn't accept it. He felt that it would have been a lack of covet to accept a glass of wine from, from, from uh, Rabbi Eliezer. Uh, Rabbi Gamliel, thank you. Rabbi Gamliel gave the glass of wine to Rabbi Yoshua and Rabbi Yoshua accepted it. Amrlo, Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Eliezer says, Maza Yoshua. So Rabbi Eliezer gave Rabbi Yoshua, right? Musar, Yoshua, what's the matter with you? Right? What's what Maza Yoshua? Anu Yoshvin, Rabbi Gamliel, Omedo Mashkalenu? We're going to sit here and allow Rabbi Gamliel, Rabbi Gamliel, to serve us? Amrle, so Rabbi Yoshua responds, Matsino Godlin, man of Shishimish. We find someone even greater than Rabbi Gamliel who served his guests. Who was that? Avram Godel Hadar Haya. Avram Avinu was the Godel Hadar, the Kasuv Baba who omeid Alehim. And I will say, remember again when the, when the guests came, Parashas Vayera, when the guests show up to Avram Avinu's tent, what does he do? He serves them. I will say, not only does he serve them, but while they're sitting, he stands over them. So if Avram Avinu could go ahead and take care of his guests, Rabbi Gamliel could certainly do it. Maybe he'll say, well, no, it was different. Avram knew they were Malachim. Maybe you'll say, Avram knew they were Malachim. No. He says, Lo nidmulo They look like Arabs. In other words, they, they look like regular Semitic people. In other words, they did not look like Malachim. So if Avram could serve his guests, 
Why can't Rabbi Gamliel serve his guests? Incredible. Amar lahem Rabbi Tzadok. Rabbi Tzadok says incredible. She says, I must say, atem manichim kvodo shamakum. No, it's so beautiful. You could imagine this scene, right? They're sitting at the wedding. This is probably after the chuppah during pictures, right? While everyone is sitting around watching hours fly by, right? So again, so they're sitting, and I'll say, it's incredible. Rabbi Gamliel serving, like serving wine. And they're like debating this, right? They're, they're, they're debating about, so Rabbi Tzadok says, I don't understand what's the matter with you guys. He says, why are you bringing a raya from Avram Avinu, from a person? As great as Avram was, it was a person. Bring a raya from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu meishiv luchos, umale nesim, umorid matar, umatsmiya chadama, vaorich shulchan lifnei kol echad veechad. You know what the Rebono Shalom does for us? You know what he does for us? Everything. 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 What a Gemara to learn on Erev Rosh Hashanah. What does the Ribbono Shal Olam do for us? Everything he does for us. Literally translated. He goes, he goes and he brings the rain. He moves the clouds. He causes things to sprout. He sets a tail before everyone. So if HaKadosh Baruch Hu could serve us, if HaKadosh Baruch Hu could serve us, Rabbi Gamliel could serve us as well. Obviously, we wouldn't make him serve us, but if he wants to serve us, we absolutely have the right to accept that service. Rather, we have to amend the halachas. Even the opinion that says that a nasi who is muchal on his covet, right? That if a nasi forgives his covet, ultimately again the covet is muchal. Melech shemachal al kvodo in kvodo muchal. If a king tries to forgive his honor, ultimately again the honor is not forgiven. Shneimar som tasim alecha melech. Place upon yourselves a king, that ultimately, again, the fear and reverence of the king should be upon you. A father is permitted to be mochal on his covet. A rebbe is permitted to be mochal on his covet. A nasi is permitted to be mochal on his covet. A melech, a king, may not be mochal on his covet. That is the one area. Now, I will say there is also a difference in the world of Rebbeim. There's also there's seen a Rebbe Mufak. We're going to talk about this a little bit more. Rebbe Mufak, a regular Rebbe. But Allah Chamaisa, for our purposes, everyone except the Melech has the ability. Well, so this is very important. Why? We're going to get into it. We already started, we already started to discuss the halachas of, of Kibar Aveim and Mora, right? So, one of the ways in which the Gemara says you're supposed to go ahead and be Machabit, your father, your parents, is you stand up when they walk in the room. But let's say it's very common that children don't stand up for their parents when they walk in the room. So what's the pshat? So the Arach HaShulchan is a fascinating, the Arach HaShulchan says, essentially contemporarily, and already he's in the 18th, contemporarily, there is an implied mechila by parents. That parents are mochel. Parents are mochel. Again, on this specific, not, not on their covet in general, right? but parents are mochel on the concept of standing up, which is why it says the Arach HaShulchan, you'll find many dedicated, loving, and attentive children who don't stand up for their parents when they walk into the room. Interesting idea. Samara says as follows, So the Pasuk says again, you shall get up in front of an old person. You might have thought even before an old person who's ignorant and, and evil. Remember again, Zakin itself is an acronym for Zeshekanachachma. It's talking about Tamut Chacham. Shneemar, Asfali Shivim Ishmi Zignez Rabbi Yosiak Lili Omer, Ain Zakin Elamishakanachachma. Here it is. Well, say, what's a Zakin? Zakin doesn't just simply refer to biological age, but Zakin refers to someone who has acquired wisdom. Someone who's acquired. Good, Rabbi Yosiak. Good. It was that first. That but come. We could, we could do. I could take a little harmony for that, Yomi. I could. Uh, I, Hi. <laughs> so the Gemara says as follows: Hashem Kanani Darko. 
You might have thought maybe you should stand up for an older person, even, right, a zakin, even from far away. Pasik says you shall stand up, and it should be a beautiful standing up. The only time you're obligated to go ahead and stand up for a zakin is when there's hider, when there's beauty in it. We'll say, when is there beauty in it? When it's clear that the act of standing is for the zakin. If the zakin is too far away, then the act of standing doesn't correlate, doesn't connect with a particular zakin. Therefore, there's no covet. You might have thought maybe, again, the obligation to honor a zakin is even done financially. Just like ultimately standing up doesn't cost you any money. So to the way in which you're obligated to honor someone who is old, a zakin, is through non-financial means. But you're not obligated to... I'm sorry? Oh, we're going to talk about that in just a moment. So the Gemara says... What if I'm in the bathroom or in the bathhouse and the zakin walks by? Maybe I should stand up over there just like that. So the Gemara says, no. The standing up, obviously, I say, has to be something that's demonstrative of respect. But the says, standing up, that's going to be a little bit less than respectful. Ultimately, again, one should not do. You might have thought that maybe, again, if you see an old person approaching, a zakin approaching, you should close your eyes, pretend like you don't see him, in order to avoid standing up for him. This has given over to Akadish Baruch Hu. You might be able to fool people by closing your eyes, pretending you don't see them, but you cannot fool Akadish Baruch Hu. incredible. How do you know that a zakin about say shouldn't be matriach? In other words, that if a zakin could find a way to walk around without causing people to have to stand up, that that's ideal. Everybody says incredible. In other words. Sometimes in life, you could be ob- people may be obligated to give you covered, but there's also kinds. Just because people are obligated to give you covered doesn't mean that what you should exercise that right. There's something to be said for not causing people, just not putting people in a position of, of an inconvenient position. So sometimes a person who you have to stand up for walks in. Okay, so I have to stand up. It could be a shtickle inconvenient. So how do I know that even if I'm the person who other people are obligated to be mechabed, I should try to avoid triggering. Those keyboard situations so as not to inconvenience them. Tamal Omar, Zakin Vira say, Isi Ben Yehuda Omer, Isi Ben Yehuda says, Mipne Seva Takum, Afilu Kol Seva Mashma. So Isi Ben Yehuda says, the truth is, Mipne Seva Takum Abosai applies to every single old person. Whenever you encounter an old person, there's an obligation to honor them and an obligation to stand up for them. So Gemara says, Rabbi Yossi Aglili Hainu Tanakam, Rabbi Yossi is saying the same thing as the Tanakamo, Ika Benayo Yonik Vechacham. We'll say, watch this. Here's the interesting Nafkamino. What happens if you have a person who is biologically young but very wise? Is there an obligation to stand up for such a person? Tanakama Savar Yonik Vechacham Lo. Tanakama holds no. Mipnei Seva Takam Badar Tepenei Zakin means you're only obligated to honor someone who's old, but someone who is young, no matter how wise he may be, there's not a mitzvah of keyboard. Rabbi Yosef says, no, even if he's young and wise, in other words, Rabbi Yosef Lili, the concept of seva, the concept of seva, or zakin for that matter, means wisdom. It's not really as much about biological, it's just often in life, age, advanced biological age and life wisdom tend to go hand in hand. But if you have someone who's young, but exceptionally wise, once you mechabe that person. So that's Machlokis Rabbi Yosef and the Tanakamo. So if ultimately, again, you're correct, like Tanakama said, Why not put Seva and Zakin together? 
if the obligation for kibbutz is only on someone who's actually elderly, however we're defining elderly, why not put seva and zakin together? Why does the Torah split seva from zakin? To teach us that there are two different categories. Both say zakin is someone old, zakin is someone old, or seva is someone old, and zakin is someone wise, even if they're young. You're obligated to give to give cover to both of them. Tanakhama says, no, no, no. The reason why the Pasuk is structured that way is because you have to juxtapose Zakin and Yeresa for the drasha we had before. The Tanakhama, my taima, what's Tanakhama's logic that you don't have to give covet to a young, wise person. Today's daf. Right? 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 Takum v'adarta penei zakin umid below kosev hachi. Since the puzzle wasn't written that way, I will say thirty three a second line down. Shmamina chadhu. See ultimately again that they really one and the same. That seva and zakin are the same person. Seva and zakin refer to an elderly person who is wise. Or I will say really what the Gemara is saying is like this: It is assumed that an elderly person is wise. That that's the default assumption. Obviously, if you have an elderly person who you know is a rasha, then you're not obligated to stand up for that person. But an elderly person, by definition, because of their life experience, is automatically considered to be wise, and therefore, so there is an obligation for keyboard. So, the Gemara says, listen to this, it's actually fascinating. So, how do we paskin, by the way? So, this is actually an interesting machlokas. So everyone will agree that if you have an elderly person, right, again, whether they're Talmud Chacham or not is irrelevant. You're obligated to give COVID to an elderly person. Why? Because at the end of the day, they're considered Zeshe Kanachachma. Right? What about a young, wise person? Rambam and the Shachonach both paskin, one is obligated to give covet to such an individual like that. That there is a din of key, but we pass like Rabbi Yosiak Lili, that ultimately again there's Seva and there's Zakin, two different people. Seva is an old person who is wise, Zakin is even a young person who is wise. Incredible. So says, Amar you might have thought that maybe you're obligated to give covet ultimately again to an older person with money, financial means. So the Gemara says, just like standing up does not have, have financial cost. So in the case of Hidr of honor is also when there is no loss of money. But one second, standing up doesn't always come without a financial loss. After all, well, say just to give you like a contemporary example of this, let's say a guy is a jeweler and he deals with fine gems. So I'll say, you know, you know how it is, like when you're dealing with those fine gems, you know, you get in your zone, right? And you have your particular finger dexterity lined up. You have to stop and put everything down and then stand up. That's a loss of money. That's a loss of money. That's a, that's a potential loss of income. To which the Gemara says, Ella Akish Kimala Hidr. We compare standing up to Hidr, Ma Hidr, She'in Bo Bittel. Just like Abosai Hidr, ultimately there's no Bittel. Af Kimo She'in Bo Bittel. So to again Abosai, this is very important. If the only way that I could honor, that I could honor an elderly person is by standing up in a way that is going to cost me money, right, financial loss, I'm not obligated to do that. The only time there's an obligation to go ahead and honor is when I could do so without a financial loss. Incredible. So the Gemara says, Good. This is, this is, dialogue, is incredible. Works, work, workmen, work, worksmen, workmen. Yeah, workmen, laborers, la- la- laborers, right? Tradesmen, tradesmen, 
Workers, craftsmen. Good. Good. Workers, right? Craftsmen. No, because no, no. The reason I'm saying the reason I'm saying it is because what omnius really refers to is sometimes also like a little bit of like a specialized labor, like a skill, skilled labor, skilled labor. So bali omnius, bali omnius are not obligated to stand up for Tamidi Chachamim during their work day. Well, say, isn't that fascinating, right? So let's say for argument's sake, I work for someone, I work for a diamond dealer, right? And I'm in the middle, and Tam Chacham walks by, I'm not obligated to stand up. Why, Rabo? Say, why? Because if I stand up, what does that represent, or potentially represent? A loss of income. Obviously, if I'm on a lunch break, okay, that's something different. But Lamais, if it represents a loss of income, one is not obligated to do so. Is that true, Velo? Vatnan, Kabali, Omnius, Omdimipnehem, Shalom, Mishlom, Eva, Ormulahem. But we'll say one second, this is incredible Mishnah by Bikurim. By Bikurim, the Aloha is that when they would bring the Bikurim to Yerushalayim, everybody would shut their stores, right? And all the craftsmen, right, would stop working and they would come and they would speak to the people bringing the Bikurim and they would say to them, Brose, so beautiful, first wide line, Achinu Anche Makam Ploni, you know, who's coming from so-and-so place because remember people would bring uh, Bikurim from different regions at different times so everybody would shut down their work and they would go and greet all the people bringing Bikurim they would give them a Shalom Aleichem so we'll say, see, see, now again so you see from here to greet the Bikurim bringers they would stop working so if you're stopping to greet the Bikurim bringers then the Pashtos, then what? You should stop to go ahead and give cover to a Tam Tchacham. Am Rabbi Yochanan mipneim omdim mipnei tam nicham ein omdim. Rabbi Yochanan says, no, no, no. It was dafka for the people who brought Bikurim, that they would stop their work and stand up, but ultimately, again, for Tamidi Chachamim, they would not. Why Rabbi Yosei is incredible. Am Rabbi Yosei. Am Rabbi Yosei. Barabin, bo urei kama chaviva mitzvah b'shaita. Bosei, you can see from here, how special a mitzvah is when it is performed at its appointed time. This is the power of a mitzvah. Sometimes a mitzvah has greater power than a tamut chacham. Okay, so if you're, if you're a worker, if you're a worker, you cannot go ahead and stand up in the middle of your work to, greet, to, to give cover to a tamut chacham. But when they bring the bikurim, out of covered for the mitzvah, out of covered for the mitzvah, that you could stop your work. Furthermore, the Gemara says, "Vidol Moshani Hasam Deimkein At Machshin Lasalavo." But I'll say there's actually another interesting idea over here, which is as follows: that there was a concern that if they wouldn't shut the stores to greet the Mevi'e Bikurim, we'll say what could happen? What could happen? You know, you have these guys schlepping from all over Eretz Yisrael to bring their Bikurim. So can you imagine you come to you come to Yerushalayim and what? And no one greets you, and no one greets you. How is that going to make you feel about your journey? How is it going to make you feel? Like it was a waste. I'm not doing this again. So I'll say, so therefore, maybe in order to ensure future encouragement, ultimately, again, of Bikurim, they made everyone shut their stores and go ahead and greet him. And I will say, by the way, an exceptional Musra Haskell for us to learn about also Arab Rosh Hashanah. Especially the Chavra that's davening here. And the truth is, I think, wherever you daven, anywhere you daven, Yom Noraim, there are always new faces. There are always people. I will say, Sometimes what makes or breaks an experience for someone is how the indigenous chevra greets them when they come in. You walk into a shul, you walk into a shul that's maybe not your regular shul, maybe not one that you frequent all the time, and no one gives you the time of day. No one gives you a shalom aleichem. No one offers you a machzir, a siddur, a place. I don't even mean like an invitation for lunch. We're not, forget about that right now. Just a shalom aleichem, just a savor upon him, yafos, just a hello. Let's say, you'd be surprised a person could say, what do I need this for? 
this is by Bikurim, which is a mitzvah da'arai, so Hashbarach tells you to bring your Bikurim. And yet we're still concerned that if the Chevra doesn't get the right greeting in Yerushalayim, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? They're not going to come back again. Allah has come of a kama. Person walks into Shul and will say, how careful we have to be to make sure to be makabal call Adam the Savior upon him Yafos. Everyone with a smile. Everyone with a Shalom Aleichem. Everyone with a hello. Simar goes back there. Amar Yochel Yamam is an interesting one. Both say, so let's say I would have thought if I'm in the bathroom or I'm in the bathhouse and a Zakin walks in, maybe I should stand up and give him covet. To which the Gemara says, the Gemara says, don't do that. Don't do that. Right? Velo, Velo, the Gemara says, really? I don't do that. Listen to this. Some, some stories over here. All right, keep it together. Keep it together. So the Gemara says as follows. What about the following story? Vaha, Rabbi Chia, Havi Yosef, whatever, whatever, whatever talking is going on here on the sidelines, shut it down now. Right? Shut it down now. It's not good. I know it's not going to be good, right? So, so, so the Gemara says as follows. Whatever Rashi you're giving to this, I'll, leave the Perushim to me. I will tell you all the Perushim you need to know. So the Gemara says as follows. Vaha, Rabbi Chia, Rabbi Chia, Havi Yosef, Maschusa, Vechalev, Azor, Rabbi Shem, Barabi. So at one time, Rabbi Chia was sitting in the bathhouse, and who walked? By Rabbi Shimon bar Rabbi, Rabbi Chia didn't get up, right? The Ikbid and Rabbi Shimon got upset. Rabbi Shimon got upset. He got offended. And he came and he told his father, I taught this guy, Rabbi Shimon says, I taught this guy, Rabbi Chia, two-fifths of Sefer Tehillim, and he doesn't stand up for me in the bathhouse? A chutzpah, a chutzpah. V'su, barkaf, rav amr, rabbi shmuel, bar rabbi yossi, havi yossi, be'masusa. We'll just go with uh, rabbi shmuel. Rabbi shmuel was sitting in the bathhouse. All the other rabbi shmuel, bar rabbi, rabbi shmuel, rabbi came in. V'lo kami kame, and rabbi shmuel didn't get up. V'ikbir, and ultimately again, rabbi shmuel got very upset. He was very offended. And he went and he told his father, Sorry, One ninth of Torah's Kaanim I taught him. In other words, I taught him significant Torah. I taught him significant Torah, and ultimately, again, he doesn't stand up so well. So, what do you see from these stories? What do you see from these stories? That apparently you are obligated to stand up even in the bathhouse. He responded, Shema Bahen Yoshevu Maharher. So Bob said, this is very interesting. So his father responded to him, Well, listen, maybe the reason Rabbi Shmuel didn't get up, Shmuel didn't get up is because maybe he was engrossed in thought, maybe about the very Torah that you had taught him. Yeah, the very Torah that you had taught him. So I will say, a really, a really interesting and profound idea. I will say, so first of all, there's a tremendous Musar Haskell in this in general, which is, you know, that sometimes what ends up happening in life is somebody does something and we automatically judge them. We judge them. And we're able to go ahead and size up the entirety of what it is that they're doing and why they're doing it. And I'll say, you know what the amazing part is? Sometimes, and I don't know what the, or maybe often, we're wrong. Sometimes the intentions that we ascribe to people's actions are in fact fundamentally incorrect. And that is why in life it is so important to avoid judging the other. Because more often than not, you can never get into someone's head. You can never get into someone's heart. And so often we don't know why people do the things that they do. So the Gemara goes weiter. The Gemara says, Time again, But it seems from all of these stories that Lamai said there is an obligation to go ahead and stand up even in the bathhouse. So Kasha, Lokasha, to which the Gemara says, Lokasha, Habbate, Gavai, Habbate, Barai. Both say there are two different parts of the bathhouse. Everyone knows this, right? There's the inner chambers of the bathhouse, the outer chambers of the bathhouse. The inner chambers of the bathhouse, you are unclothed. When you are unclothed, don't stand up for anyone, right? That's also a good lesson at Rosh Hashanah, the mikvah, right? I'm just saying, you know, don't stand up for anyone, right? Do what you have to do, get in and get out, right? That's it. On the outer chamber, everybody's clothed. In the outer chamber, I guess that was like the, 
that was like the chill spot, you know, in Talmudic times also. You know, you go to the outer, outer place of the bathhouse. So again, everyone's clothed there. So that's what we'll say where if Zakin comes in, ultimately, again, there is an obligation to stand up. So therefore, it's not a stira. It depends which part of the bathhouse you find yourself in. Hakanaim, Sabbath seems to be clear. So we'll say, so again, we also learned this, that one is not permitted to go ahead and think about Torah in the base Amerchat, the bathhouse, or in the bathroom, to which the Gemara says, Dilma la'on say shiny. Maybe the difference over here, we'll say, is, could very well be, oh, Meshi, I think this froze. Yeah. Oh, it's internet? Okay. All right, so, Ultimately, again, ultimately, perhaps onse shani, perhaps halacha lamaisa, perhaps halacha lamaisa, when there is an ones, when there is some extenuating circumstance, perhaps ultimately, again, it goes, it's different. Yachal yatsim inav kemishal orau, but say, I'm going to flip that halacha lamaisa, maybe you could close your eyes and pretend like you don't see, like you don't see the zakin, to which the Gemara says, Yachal yatsim inav kemishal orau, atabarishiyaskinan, what are you talking about? Why would you even entertain that possibility that you could pretend like you don't see the zakin and thereby avoid standing up? Are we dealing with Rishayim? Dealing people to which the Gemara says, "Ella, yachol yatsim ena mikamei dilim day zman chiyuva tichimata zman chiyuva halo chazile dikami kamei." But say no, no. I would have thought like this. Remember, the obligation to stand up for a zakin is only really when he's in your daladamus, as we're going to see in just a moment, in your proximity. I might have thought that maybe when he's out of my daladamus, I am allowed to close my eyes so that I don't see him come into my Dalaramis, at which point the obligation for kibud would be triggered. That's the Havamina. Tamal Omar, Taklam Viaresa. Tamal said, Allah says, you can't do that. Tana, Ezu Ikim Ashish Bayed. Rabbi said, what does it mean? What, what, what type of standing up is a display of respect for a Zakin? Hadi Omar Zed Dalaramis. That refers ultimately again to Dalaramis. Amr Abai, Abai says, Lo Amr Ella, Birabo Sheinam Mufak. We'll say, so again, the only time you're obligated to stand up for a Zakain, ultimately again is when he enters into your Dalaramas. Outside of Dalaramas, you're not obligated to stand up, because we'll say the logic is outside of Dalaramas, the act of standing doesn't necessarily immediately correlate. It doesn't geographically correlate with the Zakain. This is different than your Rebbe Mufak, than your primary Rebbe. Abarava Mufak, Melo Enov. We'll say, Rebbe Mufak, primary Rebbe, as soon as you see him, as soon as he is in, you know, you know, ocular range. You see him, haloch lamais, you have to stand up no matter how far he is. Pretty incredible. So the Gemara goes right to the Gemara says, Abaye, michi hava chazila udne de chamrad rav Yosef, daasi hava kaim abaye. Hava kaim, sorry. We'll say abaye, from the moment that he would see the ear of the donkey of his Rebbe Rav Yosef. I guess, I guess Rav Yosef's donkeys had distinctive ears. So as soon as he saw the ears of his Rebbe's donkey, he would stand up. He would stand up. So Abaye have a chamra. So Abaye one time was riding on a donkey. The Kamaski Aguda Dinar Sagin. He was riding along the banks of the river of the river of the river Sagio. So Ramashashi and other Rabbanim were sitting were sitting on the other side of the river. They were able to see Abaye. Abaye was their Rebbe, yet they didn't stand up. Abaye says to him, Valav Rabba Mufakana, am I not your Rebbe Mufak? Why are you not standing up? Amrulay lava daitin. They say we're so sorry. We were preoccupied with our learning. I will say two incredible lessons here. Once again, same lesson as we saw before. Don't assume you understand people's intentions, and don't assume you understand why people do the things that they do. Because so often, what looks sinister, or what looks negative, or what looks as a slight, is very often nothing more than a simple oversight. Rabbi, what you also see over here is the obligation of a rabbi, right? The obligation of a rabbi, and also by extension, the obligation of a parent which is to point out when something wrong is being done. 
know, I say often, we are so concerned about pointing out wrongdoings to our children, to others. We're always afraid of alienating everyone, right? But the truth is, what makes a Rebbe a Rebbe is that he's able to tell you that you're doing something wrong. Just like what makes a parent a parent is that he's able to tell you doing something wrong. What makes a friend a friend is that he's able to tell you you're doing something wrong. And if any relationship, you're too scared to do that. Either it's not a real friendship, it's not a real Rebbe, or it's a shirking of parental responsibility. An incredible use. So, the Gemara goes, Rabbi Shimon, Allah, Omer, How do I know, Rabbi, that as much as there's an obligation to go ahead and stand up for a Zakin, the Zakin himself, Rabbi, this is very important. Even though people owe the Zakin covered, the Zakin should go out of his way not to trigger it. In other words, because every single time people have to show him covered, it could be a shtickle inconvenience. So now there's, it's fascinating. So there's an obligation upon everyone to give cover to the zakin, and there's an obligation on the zakin to what? To avoid, when possible, triggering the need for behavioral cover. Don't, don't be a tirchan people, right? Don't go ahead and make your cover just another thing they have to do. It's so incredible. Amr Abayi Abayi says, Naktinon, timakif chaye. Any zakin, I will say for that matter, any person whom one is obligated to honor, and that person, the recipient of the honor, literally makif means, I will say, walks around. Meaning, he takes the long way around so as not to cause people to stand up for him. Chaye, he's blessed with life. He's blessed with life. In other words, I will say, in other words, if you're makbid on the covet of other people, and you're makbid not to inconvenience other people, thereby adding back moments to their life, the reward ultimately is who rewards you with more life. Abaye Makif. Abaye used to walk around so as to avoid causing people to stand up for him. Rabbi Zera Makif. Rabbi Zera also did the same. Ravina Havi Yosef Kamei Rabbi Yirmiya. Rabbi Difti. Rabbi Zera. Sorry. Ravina was sitting in front of Rabbi Yirmiya from Difti. Chalafu Gavra Kamei Velomichsi Reishay. There was a guy who walked, who walked before Rabbi Yirmiya without a head covering. Amar Kama Chatsif HaGavra. So Rabbi Yirmiya said, what a chutzpah. The guy walks in front of me without a head covering. What a chutzpah that is. So ultimately, you're going to both say, so, so Rabbi Zera, Rabbi Zera, I'm sorry, Ravina said to Rabbi Yirmiya, maybe this guy's from Masa Mechasya. Masa Mechasya had a lot of Tamidi Chachamim. So Tamidi Chachamim were like the regular folk. Like the regular folk. So maybe this guy's from Masa Mechasya. He's used to being on Tamidi Chachamim. And therefore, maybe he just doesn't behave in a regular Bakavadik way in front of Tamidi Chachamim. Not because he's not giving them covered. But because where he comes from, there's so many. I'll say, I'll give you the raya. I'll give you the raya. You know, you can tell the difference between an in-town Jewish community and out-of-town Jewish community. So you know how? You know how? Do people say good Shabbos to each other, right? So I had this conversation with someone. I was I was for Shabbos somewhere, and I was walking with someone, and no one said good Shabbos. No one said good Shabbos, and this person said so rude, so rude. I said, first of all, Plony, who may or may not be related to me. I said, Plony. I said, Plony. I said, don't talk about Jews that way. Don't call Jews rude. Don't call Jews anything. Jews are b'nei malachim. Jews are beautiful. Jews are fantastic. Jews are magnificent. They're not rude. When you live in a place where there are Jews everywhere, right? Where there are Jews everywhere. So the truth is, there's a certain level of just regularity and just, I'm trying to think of the right word, just regularity that comes. So like, it, it's not chas it's not ignoring. It's just, you know, when you're at an out-of-town community and like you see a Jew, you're like, Jew, Jew, right over here. You're, right, you're, you're all excited. The person is your best friend. It's like you go away, like you think you're, you think you're going on vacation somewhere and you're the only Jew, right? And then you go, you find someone, it's like, this is like your basher. Like, you're like, like we were together at Harsina. You love each other. This, you would never give this person the time of day if you met them back home. Well, say, so it's, that's what happens. People just get accustomed to their surroundings. So often, if you live in a place where there's a lot of Jews, so that's, your, that's what you get used to. 
Kavana. Sometimes the greeting is not as forthcoming. Of course, we should greet everyone all the time. Okay, let's go right there. So Gemara says as follows: Isi ben Yehuda Omer, Bnei Seva Takom, Afilu Kol Seva Mashma. So what Isi ben Yehuda says: Every Seva, every Seva, every person. Every person, either who's old and wise or even young and wise. I'm Rabbi Yochanan, Allah is even Yehuda. Allah is like Yisib and Yehuda. We already said this before. Rabbi Yochanan, Havakai, Mikamei Sabi Darmai. Now, I'll say here they're actually talking about all old people. All old people means you have to give cover to all old people, whether they're Jewish or not Jewish. All old people. This is all within Dalad Amis. All within Dalad Amis. So the Gemara says as follows. Rabbi Yochanan, Havakai, Mikamei Sabi Darmai. Rabbi Yochanan used to stand up for Aramian old people. I mean, old people. So Gentile old people. How much life experience do these people have? I will say it's incredible. Incredible with the respect that you have to treat the elderly. Rava wouldn't stand up, but instead when an old person, Jewish or non-Jewish, came his way, he would move a little bit. Right? I don't know what the right word for the, for the you know... Uh, Scooch. I don't think it's scooch. That's not art scroll, right? It's not scooch. Whatever. You'd move. You know, you, you move a little bit. So the Gemara says, the Gemara says, Rabbi Mekam Lokaivar, Abaye Yoiv Yadul Sabi, Abaye used to always extend his hand so that an old person could always support himself on them. Rava Meshadash Luche. Rava, ultimately, again, because of his communal position, wouldn't help himself, but ultimately, again, would send his emissary. Rav Nachman Meshadah Gozai, Rav Nachman, again, who was related to the Reish Galusa, um, I'm sorry, he was the chassan of the Nasi and the Abbasidin. Ultimately, again, would also send his officers. Good. I can't help any stam old person because that would be a lack of covet to the covet Torah that I represent. But at the end of the day, he would still send his officers. But say incredible gemara just in general about the covet we have to give to the elderly. You know, sometimes in a society which only values people for their producti- productivity, and productivity is defined by how much money you could generate. So sometimes the elderly are so often just disregarded and marginalized. But yet again, you see an older person and will say, how much life, because again, look how, the, how, how does Chesh Baruch look at an old person? You're a zakin. You're a zeshikar nechachma. I maybe never opened the safer in your life. Maybe not, but you lived life. And we all know you learn so much about yourself, about the world, and about life by living life. All of these great rabbanim giving cover to all of these Jewish and, and non-Jewish elderly people. I'm Rabbi Ivan, Rabbi Anai. Let's say, Mamad Gimel, Mamad Beis. Look at that. Look at that. Ain't Talmud Chacham. Okay, okay, stop it. Right? I got it. Ain't Talmud Chacham. Rashi Lama, Mei Rabo, El Shachru Zarvis. Talmud Chacham is only permitted to get up for his Rebbe twice a day. Once, stand up. Yeah, I mean, stand up for his Rebbe twice a day. Once in the morning, once in the evening. Why? Kedeshul Yehei Kvodo Merub Mikvod Shamayim. Because we'll say, since we get up twice for HaKadosh Baruch day, in other words, once for Shemona Esrei in the morning, and then it's linking Mincha Mayrif together in the evening. So you get up for HaKadosh Baruch twice a day. You shouldn't get up for your Rebbe anymore than you get up for HaKadosh Baruch Is that true? How do we know that a Zakein? What did we just say before? A Zakein should not cause people to stand up for them, right? He shouldn't be Matriach people. So now watch this. So I don't understand if at the end of the day, if at the end of the day there's only an, ob- is an obligation to stand up for your Rebbe in the morning and the evening, so then why does the Rebbe have to diminish? Why does he have to avoid the Tircha? They're obligated to stand up for him anyway, at least twice a day. Okay, so maybe more than twice a day you shouldn't be Matriach, but twice a day you could be Matriach. Ella lav kuliyoma. Rather, I will say it must be that you have to stand up for your Rebbe at all times. At all times. Right? No matter how many times during the day you have to stand up, you have to stand up. Amen. 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 Amen.
You should only stand up for your Rebbe twice a day, once in the morning, once in the evening. Vafilu hachi, kama de afsharle lo nitrach. Rebbe is interesting. Rebbe is now marrying these concepts. Even if you accept the premise that a Talmud Chacham shouldn't stand up for his Rebbe more than twice a day, so as not to, to catapult the covet he gives to his Rebbe above the covet he gives to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, even with that, so that would presuppose that there's an obligation to stand up for your Rebbe twice a day. The Rebbe himself should still avoid triggering that obligation. I want to say it's such an incredible thing. People might owe you covet, but don't collect. Don't collect. In other words, avoid, avoid triggering the obligation. So the Gemara says, I will say, and by the way, why? Why, do, why does the Tam Tachem, why does the Zakin have to, why does the Rebbe have to avoid triggering the obligation? I will say, it's very simple. It's called humility. Right? Again, I will say, we're all people. And when people give you covet, and people give you sustained covet, it's hard for these kind of things not to go to your head. Chazal wanted the Tam Tachem, wanted everyone to remain humble. So tell the Tam okay, people are obligated to send it up for you. That's great. That's great. You don't have to trigger the obligation. You don't have to trigger it. Let's go right. Remember, Lazar, call Tam Tachem Shein Omni Rabbo Nikra Rasha. Any Tam Tachem who doesn't stand up for his own Rebbe. So you're talking about a guy who, who himself is a Tam Tachem, but he has a Rebbe. So any Tam Tachem who doesn't stand up for his Rebbe is called the Rasha. Ve'ino Ma'arich Yamim. He does not enjoy longevity. And he forgets his learning. The reverence we're talking about over here, ultimately, again, is the reverence expressed by standing up. Maybe he's talking about the fear associated by not charging interest or by having proper weights. Rabbi Lazar, Pinei, Pinei, or Panai, Panai, Gamar. He makes Xerish Shabbos. So, this incredible Gemara. So, Tamut Chacham still has to make sure to go ahead and honor his Rebbe. And if he doesn't, again, he loses, right? He, 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 he died prematurely. He forgets his learning. Again, it's a very simple cheshven. If a Tamut Chacham forgets to respect his Rebbe, it means that his learning has gone to his head. And I don't mean in a good way. It means his, it means his learning has created an inflated ego, an inflated sense of self, and he has forgotten, ultimately, again, the people who got him here. Such a person is not a Tamut Chacham, and therefore the Torah is removed from him. Incredibly. Bosi, some interesting cases. Here. Beno v'hu rabo ma'olam listen to this. What happens if the son, if the son is the Rebbe of his father. So you have a father who maybe didn't have an education. Baruch Hashem, he gave his son an education. Now the son becomes the father's Rebbe. So I'll say, so what's the Shailah? So ultimately, again, is the son, is the son obligated to stand up for his father? So in this case, again, the son is the son, but he's also the Rebbe. So is the son obligated to send up for his good kasha? So Shmuel said to Rebbe, we actually quoted this Gemara in yesterday's, I got confused, in yesterday's daf, which was this morning. Okay, right? So he quoted this this morning, right? We'll say this was a sugi about how you're not supposed to tell your father that, you, that he's wrong. Right, if your father says something wrong, you shouldn't say you're wrong. But rather, again, a son should say, Father, there's a Pasuk in the Torah that says like this. Right? So the Imar says, Father, so Shmuel said to Rabbi Yehuda, Shinina, kom mekame avucha. Shmuel said to Rabbi Yehuda, sharp one, stand up before your father. So Rabbi Yehuda's father was Rabbi Cheskel. Rabbi Yehuda, listen to this, the son, Rabbi Yehuda, was his father's Rebbe. He taught his father the majority of Torah. And yet you see Shmuel is telling Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, stand up for your father. So you see from here what? That even if the son is the Rebbe to his father, the son is still obligated to give cover to his father. So the Gemara says, Shani Rabbi Cheskel the Baal Maisim Hava. Rabbi Cheskel was different. His father was different, I will say, because he was a Baal Maisim. He might have not been a Tamut Chacham, I will say, but he was a man who engaged in great deeds. 
and everyone saw him as a Bama Yisrael. Isn't that incredible? That sometimes, sometimes what makes people great is not simply the amount of Torah they learn, but again, it's their maizim, it's their actions. So here you have this Rabbi Cheskel, who might not have been a Talmud Chacham, but Lamaisi was what the Gemara calls a Bama Yisrael. Isn't that an aspirational statement? Who amongst us? Can you imagine if after 120, someone stands up by our Levayo and they say, this guy, he was a Baal Maisim. He was an actional Yid. He did things. He accomplished things. He didn't just talk, he did. What a shvach. What a compliment. What an accomplishment. So the Gemara goes, Dafilu Marshmul, Nami Kami Kame. Marshmul also used to stand up in front of Rabbi Cheskel. Ella my Kamerle. So then what was Shmuel saying to So I will say what Shmuel was saying to Rabbi Yehuda was as follows. Sometimes you're going to be with me and maybe your father is going to walk by. Even if your father walks by when you are with me, make sure to go ahead and still stand up for your father. In other words, I will say, what is, what is that referring to? We're going to see there's another halacha. The halacha is that when you're in the presence of your Rebbe, one is not supposed to give cover to someone else. Because giving cover to someone else in the presence of my Rebbe is a slight to the Rebbe. Shmuel was saying to Rabbi Yehuda, if you're with me and your father walks by, stand up. Stand up. Give him cover. Give him cover. Good. Here's the reverse question. Same case. The son is the father's Rebbe. The son is the father's Rebbe. Shabbos, what's happening over here? The son is the father's Rebbe. And now the Shaila is, is the father obligated to stand up for his son? So we just so again we just established that even if the son is the father's rebbe, the son still has to stand up for his father. But does the father have to stand up for his son, who is also his rebbe? So Tashma Dara Yoshim Levi, Ani Eni Kedai Lamo Mipnei Bni Ela Mishum Kavod Beis Nasi. So Yeshua Ben Levi said, I wouldn't normally have to stand up in front of my son, except except that Halacha Lamaisa, he is part of the Nasi's household, and that's why I go ahead and stand up. Taima da'anarabe. The reason is because I am my son's rabbi. Ha'ihu rabbi. But if he were my rabbi, if he were my rabbi, ka'im no kame. I would have stand up before him. Ha'chikam is what it means to say. Ani eini kedai la'amod mipnei b'ni. We'll say first white line. Right? Mipnei b'ni vafilu hu rabbi. Da'ana avua. No. We'll say what he was saying was like this. I don't have to stand. Mr. Zwani, we're starting in just a few moments. Chassidus is good. You're in the right place. You're in the right place. So we'll say so. Good, you're in the right place. So let's say, so listen to this. What he was saying was as follows. I don't have to stand up for my son. You know why I don't have to stand up for my son? You know why? Because I'm his father. Even if he's my Rebbe, even if he's my Rebbe, I'm still his father. And as his father, I am not obligated. A father is never obligated to stand up for his son, even if the son is the Rebbe for his father. Incredible. The only difference about over here is Rabbi Shobel Levi said, my son, my son married into the Nasi's family. So now my son is, represents the Nasi's family. As such, I stand up for him, not out of covet for him, but ultimately, again, out of covet for the Nasi. Say Rabbi what we have over here is as follows. If you have a father-son relationship and the son is the Rebbe for the father, we'll say, by the way, well, how beautiful that must be, right? If a person is able to raise a son who is able to become his Rebbe. That's like the pinnacle of parental accomplishment. So, right, the son is the father's Rebbe. So, again, son is still obligated to stand up for his father. Father is not obligated to stand up for his son. Incredible. So, we'll say, so now this is an interesting Shailah. This is interesting. We'll say, so here's what we've established. person has to stand up for the Rebbe. Right, we'll say, let's go through this. When do you have to stand up for the Rebbe? When do you have to stand up? When? Talad Amos, unless of course it's Rabbi Mufhak. If it's your primary Rebbe, then when? 
as soon as you see him. You see the ears of his donkey, you stand up, right? So let's say, so let me say again, so now what about the following situation? What happens if my Rebbe is riding by? You know, he's on a wagon, or contemporarily, he's in a car. So he passes by, am I obligated to stand up if he's not stationary? He's ruffled. So he's riding by, is there an obligation of Kima to stand up if he's riding by? So Olo, Omra Bayi says, Tashma, Tame Yoshev Tachas Ha'ilan, Betar Omeid, so we'll say again, this is Allah of Tsaras. Somebody with Tsaras has the ability to convey Tumah through an Ohel. But I will say there is a unique Allah of Tsaras which says like this The only way that a Mitzorah could convey Tumah to someone else, could convey Tumah to someone else, ultimately through an Ohel, is how? Is if the Mitzorah is sitting. Xeris HaKazav, Rashi goes through the whole limud. Only if the Mitzorah is sitting does he convey Tumah to someone else underneath the Ohel. So watch this. So Yoshev Tachas Ha'ilan. I'm sorry. So the Gemara says as follows: Tamei Yoshe Tachasim. So if the Mitzor is sitting under a tree, Vitar Omeid, and the person whose tar is standing, Tamei, the person whose tar becomes Tamei. Because again, it doesn't matter if the tar guy is sitting or standing, as long as the Mitzora is sitting, he conveys Tumas Ohel. Omeid Tachas Ha'ilan, right? But if the if the Mitzora is standing underneath the tree, Vitar Yoshe, but the guy whose tar is sitting, tar ultimately again the guy who is tar remains tar. Vim Yashav Hatamei Hatar Tamei. Well, as long, once the Mitzorah sits down underneath, let's say the tree canopy or in the Ohel, once he sits down, ultimately again, everyone beca- the Torah person becomes Tameh. And ultimately, we'll say the same thing is what happens if you bring a stone that has Saras on it? So a stone that has Saras could also convey Tumah through an Ohel, but once again, only if the stone is at rest. Right? So which, how is a stone at rest? That the person who's holding it is sitting down. Is sitting down. So we'll say, so what do you see? So we'll say, what do you see from here? You see from here that ultimately, again, something that is moving, ultimately, again, Rachov, something that is being transported, ultimately, again, is as if it's Mahalik. Because again, the idea over here is that if there's a guy holding a stone, but he's not sitting, that's as if it's moving. So we'll say, so you see from here, there's something that is moving ultimately as the din of Mahalik. Therefore, Allah Lamaisa Shmamino. If your Rebbe passes by in a car or in a wagon, there would not be an obligation to stand up. The only obligation to stand up ultimately again is when the Rebbe is quote unquote stationary. Now stationary doesn't have to mean he's standing still in the Dalaramas, but he's physically present. If he's just riding through, there is no obligation ultimately again of Kibo. Mahu Lamo may say for Torah. But say, is there an obligation to stand up for a Sefer Torah? But say, if you have to stand up for Tamidi Chachamim, then what? Then what? Of course you have to stand up for a Sefer Torah itself. Incredible. Rabbi Eloi, Rabbi Eloi, Rabbi Yaakov Barzavdi, Havo Yasvi. So we'll say, Rabbi Eloi, Rabbi Yaakov Barzavdi were sitting. Chalif Va'azor Rabbi Shem Bar Abba, the Kamikar, Rabbi Shem Bar Abba passed by and they stood up. The Rabbanim stood up. So again, Rabbi Shimon said, Don't stand up for me. First of all, you're greater Tamidi Chacham than I am. You're Tamidi Chachamim, and I'm just a Chavar. I will say there are different gradations of Tamidi Chachamim. So Tamid Chacham is the highest level. Under Tamid Chacham is a Chavar. So ultimately, again, Rabbi Shimon said, I'm only a Chavar. You're Tamidi Chachamim. Furthermore, Furthermore, again, I will say, a Torah doesn't stand up before those who learn, who learn it. So it's actually very beautiful. What Rabbi Shimon was saying is like this, when a person learns Torah, when a person learns Torah, both say, they become Torah. Isn't this beautiful? When you learn Torah, you're not just simply learning, when you learn Torah, you become Torah. Rabbi Shimon says, you guys are learning. Because you're learning, you're a safer Torah. I'm someone who learns Torah. The Torah 
doesn't stand up for those who learn it. Ultimately, again, said, a Tamut Chacham should not stand up before his Rebbe at a time that he's learning. When Tamut Chacham is learning, right, when he's learning, he is Torah. So once he is Torah, he should not stand up before his Rebbe. Layit Allah Abai. Abai cursed this ruling. Abai said that is not correct. A Tamut Chacham should always stand up for his Rebbe, even when he's learning. I will say, what, what's the Pshat over there? Because Abai is of the opinion, Derech Eretz Kadma Latorah. Even if you are learning, even if you are learning, and you become part of Torah, Derech Eretz Kadma Latorah. Proper interpersonal conduct, proper covet, proper Derech Eretz takes precedence over everything. And say, we will stop here for today. We'll stop here for today. <laughs> <laughs> That's far enough down. That's far enough down. It was such a schus baruch Hashem to be able to learn with all of you. Again, everyone is invited to stay for the Hasidish year, which is going to begin Amir Hashem in just a few moments. Well said, Shemendis, thank you for accommodating the schedule. Amir Hashem, looking forward to learning with everyone tomorrow. So there's no shear tomorrow morning. No shear tomorrow morning. Slichas begin at 6 10 a.m. 6 10 a.m. Well said, Shkoyach. Shkoyach, Shkoyach.